is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our Daily Dose podcast, covering all about day-to-day global affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. Good afternoon to everyone who is joining us from Sydney and around the world. Welcome to our Tuesday's Daily Dose podcast on COVID-19 updates and sports. And in today's podcast, we touch base upon a very key issue, which is definitely a trending one, where we talk about that is a zero COVID case model, still a solution for countries around the world. And to discuss about this, we have a very old guest and the brand ambassador also of UGP, Joshua Karras, who is the executive manager at the United Nations Association of Australia, NSW branch. Welcome again to this podcast, Joshua. Thank you, sir. Great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Great. The audience is so fond of your face now, ah, isn't it? Look, it's gone through many changes, hasn't it? <laughs> from, from the COVID lockdown-induced caveman to half that, and now I, I feel better now. I feel like more myself. Yeah, that's what I was saying, that the audience has seen all kinds of phases that Joshua has gone through in terms of his COVID complexion. <laughs> COVID complexion, I like that. You, on the other hand, are staying absolutely handsome all the way through lockdown. I don't know, I don't know how you're doing that. <laughs> well, um, I'm just waiting for that Freedom Day on 18th of October, and mm. the first hairdresser customer will be Saurabh. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. By the way, you know, this is a very important topic, Joshua, that uh, we're talking about zero COVID is no longer an effective strategy from where mm-hmm. we were in Australia, where we were targeting that we should have zero COVID-19 cases. And now most of the people in Australia around the world are saying that because this Delta variant is so transmissible, it's really unrealistic to uh, keep it to a zero COVID model. And in fact, the Prime Minister of Australia, Scott Morrison, has said that once uh, we reach 70 to 80% mark and we open up the borders, there is a high probability that the cases will rise. But what we have to prepare for is how we deal with the serious illness situation and hospitalization, isn't it? Absolutely. That you're, you've, you've said it all, Sarab, I think. Um, in the same way that we don't, I think in the same way we don't expect to have zero cases during the flu season, you know, for a disease which is less uh, less infectious and less transmissible uh i think that we should hold the same expectation it's becoming very apparent that we will you know we will never be rid of COVID. it's not going to um to die anytime soon um or you know be erratic experience eradication is the more more precise scientific term we've even seen and as you've said in relation to um the the concept of cases rising even though when we will reach that vaccine threshold um it's it's correct that what we need to be prioritizing on just as we've seen in cases with israel who are already there vaccine and cases rose um we will be living with COVID, and the the primary i think that i should turn towards the future in that a flu vaccine can be given along you know with a COVID vaccine and we've got some companies who are working on booster shots for both the flu, seasonal flu and seasonal COVID, as it'll become known. Um, and that's just what, how we live with it. And that's all we can do. And then life resumes to normal, hopefully. What do you think about it? Absolutely. And what I also feel is that 
at some point of time, the countries have to make that strong call that we need to open up. But there are big questions coming up from countries like Singapore. I think I discussed with you last time also that Singapore has got 80% vaccinated. But there is a further uh, report coming from Singapore in the last week. Uh, after reaching 80% double vaccination rate, they in fact opened up their borders. Um, not their borders, but the domestic restrictions. Um, but after opening up the domestic restrictions, there were 555 new local cases in one day, which is the highest since August, August 2020. And in yeah. fact, they are now thinking to back to the lockdown restrictions, even after being 80% double vaccinated, which is kind of a scary element uh, to think about because in Australia, we are talking about a freedom day on uh, 18th of October, once NSW reaches 70%, and here is Singapore, which is double vaccinated 80% and is thinking of reverting back to lockdown restrictions. Yeah. Um, and why they are talking about that there is still a need to wear masks have that physical distancing even after you are double vaccinated well of course yes we we know that there are still cases where you know the breakthrough cases is is how they're referred to when people with the vaccine with who are double vaccinated still become ill but as you rightly said the cases of hospitalization dramatically drop and in the same way that you know as we pre if we think back to pre-covid it's not like the concept of personal hygiene and washing your hands after meeting, after shaking hands and whatnot. That that was there in the same way that you know we knew that we didn't want to get sick from any number of other um, communicable diseases. I think that the, that that we will settle um, in post COVID with a, with an understanding that we will just have to think about that a little bit more forever. Um, and uh, in in relation to what you said about about Singapore, it's very case by case basis um we will find we, we will have variants that are as we as we travel through you know um through time and and experience more infectious and less infectious variants i think it will just have we, ha we will just have to live with it and I, and I don't know if lockdown is is the answer because to what end are we in lockdown if we consider it that way do you agree with that the idea of to what end uh, the idea of lockdown, I don't think it's bad because what it's doing is is just reducing the uh, rate of transmission that is happening. As we all know that the Delta variant is highly transmissible mm -hmm. and maybe four or five times transmissible than the original Alpha variant that we had. So considering that the, alpha, the Delta variant is, uh, you know, raising a higher chance of you getting into the hospital or your chance of dying. That's more critical for us. And exactly. most of the reports also suggest that had NSW, had New South Wales not gone into lockdown on June 25th or June 26th, there could have been easily thousands and thousands of cases per day yeah. in the initial few days itself. And we could have been in a miserable situation. So definitely lockdown is a great step. But the question is still what time is the lockdown a great step? Because right. if we see that in United Kingdom, they opened the lockdown when their population was 54% vaccinated. Uh, in other European countries like Denmark, we have 70% of vaccination rates achieved and they have all the restrictions open in Denmark. Mm -hmm. Now, Australia is still on the safer side when it says that we will open our borders when it is 80%. But is 80% also the correct mark is the next question after we, after we are seeing the situation in Singapore? Look, my th 
from from what I've heard and seen and spoken to with my colleagues and whatnot at, at, at the Faculty of Medicine, it would suggest that 80% is as good as better. Obviously, with 90%, it's a little bit better. But we have to consider the needs of, of the state and the concept of herd immunity coming into play as well, of course, for those who are unable to get vaccinated. And I want to stress at this point that um, please do not consider yourself someone who will just rely on herd immunity. Uh, um, herd immunity really should be reserved for those who genuinely cannot take the vaccine for one reason to another, whether it be allergies or a, a pre-existing condition or, or immuno, uh, an immunocompromised um, de deficit disorder. Any one of those, it's for, that, it's for those people. We're protecting those people in our community. Um, so I, I think um, we should consider the idea that 70% is what's going to happen. That's what we've committed to. Um, and 80% for, for opening borders is, is at the earliest possible time when it is okay to do. Um, I, I feel like it's okay. And I, th I think that, it, that we are approaching the time for us to just resume life as normal. Absolutely. You know, uh, who else does not want to get back to normalcy after getting into right. log for more than three, four months? Absolutely. You know, these are the questions which we have to answer. And maybe people like you who are doing research in medicine might need to research more and understand how and when we should open up the lockdown and how we can deal with the new variants in the coming times. But another critical question, Joshua, is related to this fact that we are talking about opening the borders, but mm. we are missing out on the people who are less than 16 years old um, because a lot of the countries not even have a clear plan till now of how they're going to vaccinate the kids who are yeah. below 16 years old. Now, yesterday I was reading that UK uh, chief medical officers have made sure that the kids aged 12 to 15 years can receive the COVID vaccine mm -hmm. first dose but they have again not laid down the plan for the second dose. And even Australia has now said that people who are, or the kids who are between 12 to 16 can take that initial Pfizer dose. Mm -hmm. But again, the question is that when you are thinking of opening up the schools in October or November, is it really safe enough to send the kids to the schools when they are not vaccinated? That's a big question. Yeah, I think that um obviously the preferences for vaccination however we've still seen that although delta does have a uh, an inclination to uh infect those who are younger than the previous strains uh children are still less likely to become infected or they seem to be able to deal with the um the disease much more effectively than uh adults so I would still suggest that the government's decisions are in line with current health findings. I do think it's safe uh, or, or, you know, safe enough, so to speak. And as, as children become vaccinated with their first and second dose, it would only increase in safety from there. Yeah. And because this is a critical question, it's all on the safety of those uh, children who are going to the schools. Um, and if they are not feeling, if the parents are not feeling safe, then Again, we oh. think of resuming the school in the way they were running before. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And we were talking about Alpha, Gamma, Delta. Heard yes. about Mu coming about Mu variant uh, from the United States. A um, few days back, we heard that there is a new variant which has the potential to 
evade all kinds of immunities by any previous COVID-19 vaccine. And that has also been uh, approved by WHO. This is not what I'm stating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Health organization has stated there are actually two other two other ones on top um and uh this is just the nature of diseases it is normal for mutations to occur and uh this is why we will need to take booster shots but not these booster shots will not be the same vaccine it will be just like the seasonal flu shot that so um that we, we will need to take an updated vaccine every year um, and that is just that's just life. That's just how it's going to be, I think, to address to address these emerging variants. Yeah. But don't you think now it's the right time for the countries to actually get together on this point? Because this is not a point of one country getting vaccinated, but mm -hmm. it's really important, according to uh, yeah. the reports that I've read, that all countries should get vaccinated 100 percent as soon as possible. I'm just taking one example of South Africa. Uh, in South Africa, we can see that uh, they are still not uh, fully confident of taking a vaccination. And uh, somehow their hesitancy, there is a huge amount of hesitancy amongst the youth there. Now, what will happen if they are not vaccinated is that might lead to new kind of variants being developed in the coming days, isn't it? So interestingly, sorry, I'm just going to put my, like, my laptop on charge. Interestingly, what we've seen is actually a, um, in relation to individuals becoming vaccinated or not, the research, there is still, the research is still um, out on whether or not um, uh, unvaccinated people or vaccinated people contribute to the, to the you know, uh, evolution of, of the disease. So what, what I would say, though, however, is, that as individuals experience vaccine hesitancy, a you know a rise, a rising phenomenon of um, unfortunately the modern world, I would suggest that clear communication and patient, empathetic listening is what's required to address that type of pandemic, the pandemic of vaccine hesitancy. Absolutely, and somehow countries like South Africa and also Zimbabwe, uh, Zimbabwe has tried a very weird sort of a technique. Uh, which is mandating the vaccines on the people. And in fact, one report, one news report from Zimbabwe suggested that their government has said that if you want to work in the service sector, um, you need to get vaccinated, which is kind of a very strong mandate in Zimbabwe. We have not yeah. seen any kinds of such mandates happening in countries like Australia, Singapore, New Zealand, because I think more ease you give to the people, more flexibility you give to the people people will uh would like to get vaccinated but if you try to force them to do something that's where the problem arises absolutely i think that it is a very um precarious um area where very careful policy work needs to be considered uh, there isn't enough data on what works and what doesn't you know we've seen uh previous policies in uh, in australia of no jab no pay um, no jab, no play. Um, no jab, no play. So you know where where parents don't receive benefits if their children are unvaccinated, and and children can't go to preschools if they're not vaccinated, and they've all led to yes, an increase in vaccination. But what they ha what that has done is lead to a a reinforcement, a doubling down of um, anti-vax communities, so to speak, where these pockets of communities are, are 
live and and engage amongst themselves leading to micro outbreaks and unfortunately sometimes the very the, the, the illness or sometimes death of children so and which is exactly what we're trying to stop you know to prevent so there are using those as examples there are very serious considerations to be made about engaging in in in, uh, in conversations about you know mandatory vaccination and 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 whatnot it's scary isn't it it's it's absolutely scary um but we are not here to scare the people we are actually trying to have this discussion so that we can look at all kinds of perspectives at ultimate global podcast from different parts in the world so that even if it arises in your country if you are listening to us from india or africa or europe or australia then how can you be better prepared for the situation now when we are talking about singapore which is already running ahead of us it's so important for us in Australia to understand that once we are 80% vaccinated, is it actually safe enough for us to open up? And if we open up, then what kind of restrictions will still need to be in place by the government so that we can make sure that the cases do not rise in a manner which become uncontrollable for the government in the future? Absolutely. I think the first thing is... Um, the at the at home quarantine which is being tested and is proving successful in adelaide um so of course you know you, people who visit our country will need to engage in in hopefully what will be at home and free quarantine um that will be you know i think critical a, a critical step because people will bring COVID with them and it's important that you know they have the ability to get over their illness for two weeks um in that two-week window that's 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 something that will absolutely need to stay. Um, the vaccine passports will will, um, will occur next month. We've been told by the federal government that that will occur, and I think that it's it's important to um, remember that vaccination passports are not new. They have been around since you know since the electronic passport was invented in um for for, for various countries that require various immunization um, programs and statuses for returning home so uh i think that that will be another step in ensuring the safety of of australia as we engage in opening up our borders yeah and vaccination passports and also carefully selecting the countries with which you are opening up yeah absolutely yeah it's a good one to success before we end the daily dose joshua i would love to know after these serious discussions that we had what is your going to be your first thing that you do when nsw freedom day is being celebrated oh. on the 8th of october what a great question i actually was thinking about this and i made a video about that it's so overwhelming that what my wife and i did last night was we picked three activities um that we wanted to do that, uh, that are under different themes so Firstly, nat nat natural speaking, we're going to go to the figure eight pools in the Royal National Park. For a restaurant, we're going to go to a place called Social Hideout that we've been wanting to go to for a long time. And as an activity, we're going to go to the Paddington Reservoir Gardens. Um, as a, so so that, that, that's our plan. Those are, the, those are the first things we'll do in each category. Um, and so now that we don't, we don't get you know, um, overwhelmed by the, by the options that we have, you know, I think it's important to take it slow as we um, in, you know, have handed back to us these freedoms. What are you going to do? I've already told you about the first thing is going to be go to the hairdresser and get oh, the, uh, <laughs> a proper haircut after four months. Yes, goodness. 
it might take half an hour 45 minutes but that's going to be the most relishing haircut i've ever had in the year 2021 and 10 kilos of hair around the floor you can make a whole nother a whole nother hair serves hair on the on the side <laughs> absolutely by the way just for the audience before we end this daily dose um i want to tell you that joshua is running a, a magnificent show on his facebook channel called joshua's <laughs> lockdown lowdown so don't forget to go to his page uh, also his instagram page he's doing an incredible job for the people during the lockdown by making those 40 50 second snippets uh, and the way he entertains people is so phenomenal and i'm a big fan of that i keep on liking that a lot i'm sure all of you will also like that so do follow his channels i'm sure that you, he will he will not keep you bored even for one day thank you sir thank you so much for that Thank you so much for today's participation Joshua we hope to see you next week on the same topic uh, on a different discussion maybe we see that till that time NSW has crossed 50% double dose Absolutely looking forward to speaking then sir thank you so much for having me